Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. As you're coming in, smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We're starting off the day with a super chat. Uh, yeah, we have a $20 super chat from Seth Hader. Who's Seth Hader? I don't know who's then Seth I, Hader. He's a big I, fish. Then, then I guess he's a hater of, of you guys. He's not a hater of us guys. He wouldn't give, give us 20 bucks if he was a hater of us guys. He says, thanks for getting me on LAK and Sandine last night. If you don't know, Seth, elite level troll. Okay. Also, very good MME player. Uh, he shipped the uh, FanDuel, I think, 444, the breakaway, whatever it's called nowadays, for 3K. Congrats to you. Thank you for the super chat. Um, I wish I listened to myself about getting myself on the Kings and Sandine, but uh, someone did at least, and they won money. Yeah, I mean, good. Congrats to you, Seth. I mean, always good to see some winners. Thank you very much for the super chat as well. Um, we always appreciate those, certainly. Yeah, um, I, I mean, the Los Angeles line I was on didn't get there, but uh, I'm glad someone did. And yeah, Rasmus Sandin, he's had a pretty big um, debut, first couple of games there uh, for Washington. It's five points in two games playing. <laughs> Over 23 minutes, maybe not the best trade the Leafs are going <laughs> to uh, did at the trade deadline, but uh, it worked. Uh, it's working for the Caps, worked for Seth last night. Congrats, man, and thanks again for the super chat. Let's hope we can do this again, uh, not only for Seth, but for some other people in the chat as well here tonight. Yeah, and uh, Jake in our Discord is like, oh, I'm dreading the super chat at the beginning. Just a hater, Jake. You're just jealous. Just It's just jealousy is a bad look on you, Jake. <laughs> anyway, here on a Tuesday, UFC just announced that they're going to be in the Prudential Center, which is in New Jersey, for UFC 288 on May 6th, which is my birthday weekend. DraftKings, hook me up, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, begging is a bad look on me. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> How you doing on this Tuesday, Cliffy? Uh, good. Um, yeah, I didn't uh, do so hot last night. I stacked the team that got shut out. So, you know, shout out to the Ottawa Centers. It's funny. You and I were talking in private, um, private messaging about getting on the Senators bandwagon literally yesterday morning. And then they go into Chicago and get shut out 5 nothing. Uh, maybe we're just really bad uh, vibes for teams chasing down playoff spots. Maybe we should just kind of keep our mouths shut on that front. Well, 
the good news is no matter how bad that game was yesterday, it was just one game. <laughs> kind of, but um, yeah, they looked awful. Uh, Brady Kachuk is such a goon sometimes when he doesn't get his way. He's a little crybaby. But uh, it is what it is. We move on. I didn't do well last night either. I used McDavid, uh, but he did okay. But the guys I put with McDavid didn't do too much. Like Hyman didn't do anything. Bouchard didn't do too much. You mean you didn't use like McDavid, Derek Ryan, two man? Yeah, I can't say that I, that I thought about it. Also, you know, if you were on Edmonton two, poor one out for the homie. Poor two out for the homies. Actually, they lost the Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal, and you lost the dry saddle empty net goal. Uh, I also had um, Vancouver one who scored a full line goal almost instantly and then did nothing the rest of the game. So, you know, we're back at it tonight. Ten game slate. This is a this is a big, crazy ten game slate. Um, a lot of big totals, some big road totals too. So let's let's get navigating through that. As I mentioned, sponsored by Prize Picks. We will have an offer from them a little bit later in the show. Make sure you smash that like button, hit that subscribe button, the notification bell as you keep up with everything that uh, we're doing here on this channel. Also, uh, everything is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice besides Live Before Locks. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. So let's get into this slate, shall we? Got a nice 10-gamer. Let's start. Vegas Golden Knights. This is a big one to start with, actually. Vegas Golden Knights with a three total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 3.6 total. Aiden Hill probable. Sergei Bobrovsky is confirmed. You know, Burkov Bennett back. That helps, you know, fill out their lineup. Moves Lundell down to the third line center with Reinhardt and Lomberg. I think they're really going to give Lundell a shot to re- recoup that center spot. They moved E2D2, Lusterine, and up with Barkov and Duclair. I mean, don't mind that. Like, that's probably going to be the line that goes out against top comp because Barkov and Lusterine and they're, you know, decent defensively. I like Vegas because Florida's really high event. They take a bunch of penalties. The problem is the Vegas power play units are a mess. Like, Barbashev and Marcia is on a different unit than Eichel. You, you go to that second line, there's only one guy on each unit. Uh, Stevenson on the top unit, Kessel on the second unit. Paul Cotter not even on a unit if he, Paul Cotter's still there. It could be William Carrier, but he's also not on a unit. You go down to that Carlson line, you get Amadio and Smith on the top power play unit, William Carlson on the second unit. So, like, it's ve- their power play units are very spread out. So, if anything, I go to Vegas one here. But I think, you know, push comes to shove, I'm going to that Bennett-Kachuk line because they've been absolute monsters all season. There's no ownership on them. Yeah. Um, it was the Florida side that I leaned to initially here. Um, you know, I, I'll usually leave the home side anyways, but it, it's it's getting Bennett and Barkov back. That was just such a big deal, right? Because with those two guys out, like, yes, they have other guys that can fill in the roles. Like, they could move Anton Lundell to the top six. They have moved Utu Lusteran into the top six, but – Barkov and, and Bennett being there just kind of allows them to put their wingers in their natural spots, which, you know, it leaves Lundell and Reinhardt in a lesser role down on the third line, quote, third line, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, it puts Bennett, Verhage, and, and Kachuk back together, which has been 
arguably the best line in the NHL this season, at least at five on five. Um, and then you have, you have Barkov back. He can go into that shutdown roll up against Jack Eichel. So just getting the guys back just kind of helps put everybody back in their natural spot. And I think just that in, a, in itself will have helped Florida a lot. And then you factor in, you know, getting your top two centers back. Um, I don't have a tremendous amount of interest in that Barkov, Lucerne, and Duclair line. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't mind playing them for this reason, is that there's not much ownership on them. In fact, there's not much ownership on Florida at all. The top line by top stacks tools under 4%. The second line is just over 2%. Third line at 1.5%. So there's not much here. You know, you can say it is partially salary related because that second line with Kachuk, Verhage, and Bennett, you know, we don't have firm confirmation on what the power play units are going to be, but it's pretty likely that only Kachuk is going to be on the top power play from that line, right? So, you know, you're paying over 20K for a line that's only has one guy on the power play. I kind of get it. Uh, by the same token, like you said, this line has just been dominant all season and they're up to about 300 minutes together this year. I just wanted to look at like the last 100 and change. So their last 115 minutes, 4.8 expected goals for 4.1 actual goals for like they're, they're, they're slowing down a little bit and they're still scoring like 60% above the league average. You know what I mean? Like that's just like, like their slump is still 60% better than the league average. That's just how good they've been. The problem is the power play, which I think is pretty important to highlight here because it's, it's kind of two. There are two ways to look at it. Vegas doesn't take a lot of penalties. I think they're the least penalized team in the league so far. That uh, Yeah, they're now the least penalized team in the league below even St. Louis. Only 2.4 times shorthanded per game. That's not a lot. Um, Florida, Florida's power play, it has struggled at times. But the thing with Vegas is their power play, their penalty kill hasn't been that great either. I was looking over like the last six weeks. Fifth most shots against of any team in the league on the penalty kill for Vegas. What's saving them? is their goaltending. Um, you know, you get 906 goaltending on the penalty kill, which is above league average overall. Um, you, you know, your penalty kill is going to look good. So, you know, if Florida can, you know, kind of break down the goaltending a little bit, they could have a very, very good night here. But I don't think I would be stacking the Panthers with the power play in mind, which is why I agree with you. I would go to the Kachuk-Verhage-Bennett line. Um, it feels like going back to the well um, over and over, but, you know, they're going to skip that, you know, that Eichel Marsh so top line, which has been, you know, fine defensively. Um, Barbashev is probably going to make them worse, but they've been fine defensively. Um, you know, it's the second and third lines that have struggled defensively at times for Vegas. And, you know, Kachuk and Verhage and Bennett are going to get those matchups. So I'm with you. I really like Florida, too. Not much ownership on them here at all. Like, I, you know, if you want to take out Bennett and put in Barkov, maybe make it a little bit more of a power play stack. I think it's fine, but I, I really like the even strength line matchup for them. So Kachuk for Hagee and Bennett, I really do like, but there are three playable Florida lines here on the Vegas side. I would probably skip over the top line, Eichel, Marshall and Barbashev. I don't think it's a bad line. I don't think it's a bad spot. The thing is, is I think there are other lines in that price range that I would rather play. And we'll talk about them a little bit later, but like, I'm looking at like Carolina, Arizona mainly. Yeah. Um, it, just my personal opinion. So, um, you know, they're fine to play, but I think there are other lines in that price range. That's why I think I would go with Carlson and Amadio and Riley Smith, because they are one of those lines that's 
a, you know, a secondary line. Like you can put them with other expensive stacks. Um, you do have two guys on that top power play unit, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Mario and Smith are on the top power play unit. There's no ownership on them. Um, you know, you don't have to full three man stack. You can just do a two man of like, you know, Carlson Smith, Carlson and Mario, whatever you want to do, you can do that. But I think that's the direction I would go get as many guys from that top power play unit. Cause Florida does take a ton of penalties or they are one of the most penalized teams in the league. So I'd want guys on the top power play unit. That means Smith Carlson and Mario on the Vegas side. Yeah. Mario was on the top power play when someone was hurt. It might've been Eichel. When Eichel was out, Amadio was up on the top power play unit. And he did very well. So I don't really like the split units that they're doing, but if he's going to get top power play time, I do agree. That is a filler that I like for move on. We have a $19.99 $19.99 super chat from Adam says, appreciate your advice on Matt Benning shot blocks as let me hit a parlay last night for close to one K congrats. <laughs> um, I don't remember exactly what we said about Matt Benning. I know Jake was like victory lapping him on Sunday for getting the block bonus in the first period, but he is someone cheap that we like to play in DFS for shot block bonuses. And I guess, he had a good line on the sports books for block props. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We mentioned him on the show yesterday. Um, yeah, I do. Remember but, but I mean, you know, we do mention a handful of cheap defensemen at the end, but um, I'm glad you were listening. I'm glad I helped out. Um, yeah. Benning got there. We'll probably talk about him a little bit later. Thanks a lot uh, for that $20 super chat. We really do appreciate it. Hopefully we can help you hit some more parlays, uh, you know, as the season winds down here over the next month. Oh yeah. So move on to our next game here, the Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.8 total heading into Montreal. The Canadiens have a 2.3 total. Freddie Anderson probable. Jake Allen is confirmed. I, I mean, I really like the Carolina top line here. Coming in around 8 9%, which seems fine. I mean, it's it would seem low, but they're 3.8 total on the road and there's three teams i believe with a 3.9 or higher at home so the ownership kind of makes sense here but this is a pretty good power play spot jarvis is in his best spot possible if aho aho and svechnikov are on the top power play unit and jarvis is the best Fortnite player according to avery now carolina kind of splits time with their power play units now that shane gossas bears here i've noticed that they're trying to uh Get Jess Barry cocking the Emmys um, goal numbers up so maybe they can trade him or his rights in the off. Who knows? That's just conjecture. But like with Goss uh running the second unit, I think they have a little bit more split time, but this is a very good power play spot. I do really like that top line. On the flip side, this is a brutal matchup. I don't think I'd full stack anything on Montreal if you want to one off some people. Even that is getting a bit pricey, like Suzuki's in the mid-fives. Raphael Harvey-Bernard is 6,300, like, get out of town. Like, Josh Anderson, someone you always talk about one-offing, but he's almost 5K on DraftKings. So, like, I, I just don't know if there's anyone I'd really want off here. Maybe Dennis Gurianoff, but that's about it. Yeah, um, not a whole lot on the Montreal side, particularly. Like, like you said, this is a really bad spot for them. Like, I think Suzuki and Harvey-Bernard have actually been playing pretty well. Um, they're up to about 140 minutes together, 3.4 expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 2.9 against having a line above 
expect a goal share on this Montreal team over a 140 minute sample feels like a miracle. Um, so they're That's not, so they're not playing that bad. I, I just agree with you. I think they're a little bit too expensive. Um, like 11, seven for Suzuki and Harvey Pinard. Like that's, I find that to be pretty expensive. Um, that's, you know, it's more expensive than Ajo and Jarvis. You know what I mean? Like that's a, it's a lot. And, you know, Harvey Pinard's not really shooting a lot. Um, the one of the, they are running a bit hot by shooting percentage, 13.7%. So I agree with you. Like I, I, I even do think Suzuki's fine at a one-off at 5,500, just cause he's going to play 22 minutes probably. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if they do score three goals, it stands a reasonable chance. He's going to be in on a couple of them, but yeah, just a whole, not a whole lot that I really like uh, on the Montreal side here. Um, I, I even think Anderson's fine at 4,800. He's one of those guys like, if I need a one-off and I have 4,800 left, I would play him, but I'm not putting him in as a one-off and then, you know, looking for other stacks around it or something, right? Um, it is the Carolina top line I like in this game the best. Um, I Like, I'm wondering, I, 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 I know your point about higher totals at home elsewhere. This line's not that expensive. It's 17,600, right? Like, that... That was why I wasn't super high on on the Vegas line we just talked about because this is one of the lines in that price range I'd much rather play, even at you know double the ownership that it might be or whatever. So they've just been playing too too well. Like as I mentioned in the last segment, I like to break things down and see how lines are playing recently. I just looked at their last hundred minutes together: five point eight expected goals for per sixty minutes, five point nine actual goals for. Like for people that don't follow hockey super closely, that's more than double the league average by both expected goals and actual goals scored at five on five. And they're not doing it by shooting 19% or something, right? They're shooting under 13%. It's a little high, but it's not one of those, oh my God, this is screaming regression. This is, you know, they're going to pull back a little bit and even a little bit of a pullback would probably still lead to them being double the league average in score. They're just generating so much. They're basically generating at a mid-level power play every time they step on the ice at five on five. So I'm just having a hard time not playing them tonight. I really am. And where Montreal's really struggled, you know, both defensively at five on five and on the penalty kill, uh, like Montreal has been taking more and more penalties basically over the last 20 or 25 games that they were the first half of the season. And the penalty kill is still really bad. Um, I'd rather they were on the Gostas Bear unit because I think he's a better power play. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family, it's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Uh, quarterback than Burns, but say la vie. You just, uh, you take what you can get. I really, really do like that Carolina top line here. Um, I would just play all three of them, you know, if you want to take Jarvis off because he's on the power play or whatever, you can do that. But I think I would just play all three of them. Even if they come in 10% ownership in this matchup at that price, I'm perfectly fine with it the way that they're playing. If you want to go down to Carolina too, I think that's fine, but they're just coming off that monster game where Kotkaniemi had like five points. I think it was 
and they're pretty cheap in a great matchup. So I'm wondering if they don't end up a much more popular filler than we're kind of expecting here. So I'm fine with Carolina too. I just think they're going to be probably as popular as the top line, considering they're like $4,000 cheaper. And I would rather just play Carolina one because they are far and away the better line offensively. And, um, you know, even said Jarvis has picked up his plays like 29 shots in his last 10 games. That's not something he was doing three months ago. So uh, Carolina one for me, probably one of my favorite lines on this entire slate. Yeah. A couple notes before we move on. Nick says it's cut the Emmy revenge game. Yeah. If you live on narrative street, sure. Another note. We've talked about like Tampa and Boston having nothing to play for. Carolina, even though they're winning, leaning the division right now, they have something to play for, right? If the playoffs started today, they would play the New York Islanders, but the Devils are only two points behind them. If the Devils hop them, they go from playing the Islanders to the Rangers. I'm not a big proponent on picking your opponent, but if I was, I'd much rather play the Islanders than the Rangers. So they want to win that division. Let's move on to the next one. The Toronto Maple Leafs with the best fourth defensive pair in the league. The 3.1 total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 3.4 total. Ilya Samsonov, Vitek Vanacek are confirmed. Ryan O'Reilly going on long-term IR with a broken finger. He'll be back for the playoffs, I think. Uh, John Tavares is out tonight. He has a case of the sniffles. Uh, So Sam Lafferty is the second-line center. I think Michael Bunting's down to the fourth line. Um, Alex Kerfoot's up on the top line. They're just a mess right now. They have really good fourth defensive pair that doesn't even play. Uh, Devils, you know, Timo Meyer made his debut uh, on the road in Arizona with Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. They're the most expensive line on this slate. Coming in with very low ownership because of that, uh, they're over 23,000 to full stack. This is a very good matchup, especially like it doesn't even matter because Nico, he's sure probably going to go out against Matthews, but Kerfoot's on that line. That leaves, you know, Jack Hughes to go out against the Lafferty line. Um, I really like the Devils here tonight. If you want to, you know, you go to Matthews Marner, that's fine. But my preference here is on the Devils side. Side. Yeah, I'm wondering about the Toronto lines here because obviously with Tavares and O'Reilly out, they are a mess. And Alex Kerfoot on the top line, like we were talking about in our Discord this morning, like Kerfoot and Matthews just don't have played well together this year. I think it makes sense because Kerfoot is not um, like a great offensive player. He's not a bad digger, but he doesn't have kind of like the offensive acumen that somebody like Zach Hyman did when he was there, certainly not Michael Bunting. And I'm wondering if, like, by the second period, we don't just see Nylander, Matthews, and Marner as the top line, and then that line basically ends up playing, like, every second, maybe every third shift. And maybe Toronto goes that direction because they're off until Saturday after this game. So it's not like, you know, they have to turn around and play a game tomorrow night. They have three days off until their next game. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Nylander, Marner, and Matthews all in the top line by the second period, and they get, like, 22 minutes or something like that. So I'm kind of interested. I was kind of interested in Toronto, but it's not like they're coming in with low ownership. You know what I mean? Like the top line might come in at about 10% or a little bit more. And quite honestly, if it's Toronto going into New Jersey at 10% or Carolina going into Montreal at 10%, I will take Carolina, especially with Alex Kerfoot on the top line and not Michael Bunting. Um, 
So that's kind of my only problem with playing the Toronto top line here is that I have two problems. One, I don't know if Kerfoot lasts the whole game there. Uh, two, I, I just think there are other, like like that Carolina line, it's about $1,000 cheaper, um, $800 cheaper, sorry, and probably around the same ownership. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not convinced Toronto stays together. So that's kind of my only problem with Toronto. Toronto won two problems early. So I'm not really in on the Leafs here. The New Jersey side is really interesting because there's not much ownership on that Meyer um, Hughes Brat line. And you and I were talking before the show about that ownership. And it kind of makes sense when you look at the price. It's 23100 Like that's like Toronto won when they're absolutely rolling type prices, right? Like you would have, you know, Matthews at 9,000, whatever. You'd have Nylander at 7,800. And then you would have Bunting at 6,000 or whatever. Like when Toronto Toronto's top line is rolling, that's about the price that New Jersey's is. And you look at the other spots on the slate, like the Tampa fully loaded top line is cheaper. The Colorado top line at home is cheaper. Um, the Pittsburgh top line is cheaper. And so it makes sense that Brat, Hughes, and Meyer aren't going to have much ownership here. We obviously don't have a sample with them playing. I can't imagine them being a bad line, not because they're obviously three good players, but sometimes you get three really good players on a line. They don't necessarily play that well together. But I think um, Meyer can kind of do things that Brat and Hughes really don't, especially down below the gold dots, um, and kind of facilitate a little bit of that digging. Um, that I just spoke about with Zach Hyman. Now I think Meyer's a much better player than Hyman, but I think he can kind of be that role with an extra, you know, shot and a half per game or whatever um, compared to Hyman's career. So I think they're pretty, they're fine to play. It's just, what are you going to put with them? Right. Cause they are 23,000. Even if you only put in a seven K goalie, um, you know, you might have 13,000 or less for a secondary stack or something like that. Right. So your options are kind of limited. But I do think it's a pretty good matchup going against the middle six for Toronto that without Tavares and um, O'Reilly kind of looks pretty weak, and especially with Engvall traded, right? Um, those three guys gone basically takes an entire scoring line out of the lineup. Um, so I do like New Jersey too here. I think New Jersey's top line is playable as well because, you know, it's not like Toronto has a bad penalty kill or anything like that or takes a ton of penalties. So he's in a great power play spot for New Jersey. So while the second line is perfectly correlated, his year, Mercer and Tatar have been playing pretty well. Um, so I, you know, I think they're fine kind of in that middle price range, but it is New Jersey too, that I like the best in this game. There's not much ownership, like low single digits, um, pretty big total on the team. It's just that they're really expensive and it limits your options elsewhere. So that's kind of the reason why they're not, you know, right at the top for me, but I do think they're a very good leverage play, especially if you're somebody that's playing like, you know, anything more than like 10 lineups here tonight. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can do some stuff to get them in. If you really want to, without really sacrificing, it, it might get a little uncomfortable, but that, you know, sometimes it's not bad there. Like I also I, I also don't mind the Dawson Mercer Heischer line. Like they've played very well together. Mer Mercer's been on a tear. His seven game goal streak ended last game, but he still had an assist and a shot bonus. So, you know, a lot to like here. 
it, it's just it's kind of hard to know what the, the Leafs are going to do, right? You know, I mean, like Matthews and Marner will definitely stay together the whole game, but I I think I kind of agree with you that if they, especially if they get down, they're just going to run out Marner, Matthews, Nylander. Especially where Tavares is, or not, yeah, Tavares is probably going to be back Saturday and they have three days off, right? Like, it's just, you're just doing it for what, this one game and maybe just a couple periods, which which is why I could easily see them doing something like that, just to get the win, or try it anyway. Yeah, I agree. So it's kind of hard to full stack Toronto here. Let's move on to the next one, the Columbus Blue Jackets with a 2.5 total. Heading into Pittsburgh, the Penguins have a monstrous 4.1 total here. Elvis Merzlikens, Tristan Yari are confirmed. Uh, looks like the Jackets are going with Gaudreau, Roslovic, Line, Marchenko, Johnson, Sillinger. Not sure why Roslovic's up there instead of Boone Jenner, who's down on the third line. Is that confirmed, or is that something they went to in the last game? I... This that's the lineup builder is not the lineup. Okay, it's go it's Gojo Jenner Marchenko Brozovic Johnson. Okay, that's what I thought I thought I was losing my mind. Yeah, so they're running their old lines. Pittsburgh running their normal lines here. Pittsburgh with a huge four point one total. Um, Pittsburgh won here. Big old projection coming in around fifteen percent. I don't mind that ownership just based off like Columbus isn't a very good team. Merzlikens hasn't been good at all all season. The the one caveat is that Jenner, Gaudreau, Marchenko haven't been awful defensively. So it'd give me a little bit of pause, but like I, I still really like Pittsburgh one here. Pittsburgh two also very interesting just because like Columbus doesn't take a massive amount of penalties. So you don't really have to focus on the power play. And the Penguins' power play has been god-awful. So, like, you don't really have to concentrate on the power play, guys. So I think full stack in either of the top two lines here are in play. Yeah, I'm just going to start on the Columbus side real quick. I th- They they are interesting to me, that top line anyway, of um, Gojo, Jenner, Marchenko. They don't have great expected goals, four numbers, 2.6 per 60 minutes with Marchenko there. 3.4 actual goals, shooting about 12%. The, the, the shooting percentage is a little high, but it, it, it kind of it depends on how you view Marchenko, right? Like he's obviously he's shooting like 21% right now um, overall. That's high. Um, but, you know, there is a reasonable chance he's a long-term, like, 15% shooter or something like that, right? Um, this guy, he's supposed to be a good goal scorer, um, good prospect moving forward. Um, so that, the fact that they can outshoot their expected goals, like, it wouldn't be a huge surprise to me if Marchenko does end up being a good goal scorer. We just don't know if he is right now. The question is whether you want to take that chance, which I don't think it would be a terrible chance to take because the line's not expensive. Jenner Gojo Marchenko is only 16,700. The Pittsburgh top line has not been good defensively. Like 3.1 expected goals against over the last four weeks. What's been saving them is the goaltending, which has been pretty good, at least behind that line. Maybe not so much the rest of the lineup. Um, but they are allowing a lot. So I don't really hate the Columbus top line. 
again, though, it's just that situation where they're in that price range with the Arizonas and the Carolinas that I think there are other lines in that price range I'd rather play. So for me, Columbus is more of like if I was playing a 20 max or, you know, certainly a 150, I would have some of that top line. Single entry, I just think there are other other lines that will be similarly low owned that I like in that price range better. That's the only issue with, uh, for me with them. Uh, I'm with you on the Pittsburgh side. Like we always say, the, the problem with Pittsburgh is just the shooting percentage. Both their top lines over the last month have an expected goals for over 4.0 per 60 minutes, which is about 60% higher than the league average or more. But the top line shooting 5% and the second line shooting 7.5%. The league average is 8.5%. So that makes sense, though, with their shooting percentage. Like Raquel's not like a high percentage shooter guy. Gensel, they just, they're kind of like that. I don't want to say they're Nathan McKinnon like, but like they just shoot from anywhere. Really, it's like the, I don't know. They seem like more like quantity over quality type shooters. I get, yeah. I I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, but I mean, Crosby shooting 15, percent which is like basically bang on what he's always done. Um, the problem is Gensel. I think he's at a five year low for shooting percentage. I think the problem is also just generally the power play because we wouldn't be worried about their five on five shooting percentage that much if the power play was any good, but it's not. Yeah, um, that's the other issue here. And, you know, Columbus's penalty kill isn't bad. That's one of the things that they can kind of hang their hat on. It's not like a Montreal or an Arizona penalty kill or anything like that. It's actually closer to the middle of the league. They don't take a ton of penalties. That would be my reason for fading Pittsburgh here tonight. It's like they're, you know, the top line's going to probably be in the, you know, mid to high teens for ownership, which I think is fine considering how good they are in the spot that they're in. But it's not a good power play spot for them. I can't imagine they're going to score a ton of power play goals. And if that shooting percentage doesn't turn around, they're just kind of boned. So it's not a great power play spot. Do I want to play them at high ownership? Like, yeah, okay. I think they're fine to play. Um, personally, I, yeah, I think they're fine to play. I would probably play Florida too, just for a little bit of leverage, but um, I, I think they're perfectly fine. Um, I'm just not super high on them. I think I would honestly dip down to the Pittsburgh second line. Cause like you said, you don't have to worry about um, the power play matchup as much here. I don't think going into like a Johnson Rozovic line, a line, it's not going to be that tough defensively. And, you know, their expected goal shares a line is pretty poor anyway. Um, that Pittsburgh second line has been just generating a ton of shots and a ton of expected goals. There's still, you know, there's still something like 15% above league average in scoring over the last month, despite being below average shooting percentage wise, because they're just generating so much. So I do like that Pittsburgh second line is kind of like a fillery type. I think that's the direction I would go. But yeah, you're right. The entire Pittsburgh top six is certainly in play here. Yeah, every time I leave Zucker off, he kills me. So like if I'm going to play Pitt too, I think I'm just going to full stack because like been underval- undervaluing Zucker pretty much for like two seasons now. And yeah. Got to put them in. And, As... I mean, just real quick, back on the Columbus thing. Like, don't forget, Pittsburgh's penalty kills pretty bad um, by every single measure. Like, I was looking back to Christmas. Since Christmas, I think they're allowing the third most shots and third most goals per minute on the penalty kill. 
Not that Columbus has a great power play, but Pittsburgh's penalty kill is genuinely awful and has been awful for a few months now. So maybe another little point in favor of Columbus here. You're saying adding Michael Granlin's not going to help with the penalty kill? Anyway, as we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Prize Picks, and you can get one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum, $120 value, gives you access to all of our tools for every sport and up to a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit. Uh, if you, you do that by clicking the link in the description below, it's a daily prop-based contest. If you're in a state where gambling, sports gambling is not legal, you should be on prize picks. No sharks, optimizers, mass entries. Five lineups can net you up to 10x your entry fee. Uh, you can go cross sports. You can go NHL, NBA. There's UFC this weekend. There's XFL. Cliffy has the board up there. Uh, anything that's sticking out for you? Yeah, um, it's, pa- it's Pavel Buchnevich. Um, I'm going to bring up our, our shot prop player tool here. It's another part of the Stochastic membership. Um, you know, it just spits out our uh, player projections and, you know, what the lines and props are. Um, certainly use Odd Shopper to find the best line, but it can kind of give you a guide on, on what's good, what's not. We have Pavel Buchnevich projected for just over three shots. And over on prize picks, his over-unders at two. So <laughs> I think um, per our player shot prop tool, Pavel Buchnevich over two shots would be a decent uh, line to take here tonight over on prize picks. Yeah. Craig Brube hinting that they may move Buchnevich to center, which would fit his type of play. But, you know, whatever. Not jealous about that at all. Let's move on to the next one. Philadelphia Flyers. With a 2.4 total heading into Tampa Bay, the Lightning have a 3.7 total. Carter Hart, Andre Vasilevsky confirmed. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tampa just got nuked over the weekend. Not, not that, like, I'm super worried about it. I think it, it may scare some people off here, but this is a very good five-on-five spot. Uh, they're they're loading up the top line. The one thing I will say, it's not a very good power play spot. So, like, I'm kind of indifferent on Tampa 1 here. I think they're a very good play. But for their price, I'm worried they're only going to play, you know, 16, 17 minutes tonight. The power play spot isn't great. Can they get there? Absolutely. But... I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of worried about it. Uh, what What do you think about Tampa here? Yeah, I I still like Tampa one. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I I get your concerns, and they are valid because you know Tampa is one of those teams that's just kind of been cruise control, trying different things. 
Um, we could easily see them break up this line by the second period or, like you said, have them play like 17 minutes or something here tonight. Um, the point about the penalty kill I wanted to bring up is it's their penalty kill is not bad, but it has it has been sliding basically since like the all-star break. It has been on a little bit um, of a slide, particularly over like the last six weeks. Um, like I said, still not awful, um, but not the elite penalty kill that they had been. It's, you know, closer towards the middle of the league. So it's not the terrible power play spot that it might have been, you know, maybe a month ago or something. Still not great, but not terrible. Um, Mikhail Sergeyev is going to be running the top power play with Victor Hedman out for Tampa Bay here tonight. Victor Hedman being out is kind of interesting because um, he has the worst expected goals against Mark of any Tampa Bay defenseman this season, which is not something you would normally expect from him. Now, pretty great goaltending behind him has saved them, but um, I think losing Hedden might hurt the team offensively, but with the way he's been playing, might help them defensively in a way. Um, so that's a kind of another reason why I'm not super gung-ho on Tampa here tonight is, yeah, I do like Sergeyev, but they don't have a lot of great puck movers after that, right? Like, quite honestly, I think with Hedman out of the lineup after Sergeyev, their best puck mover might be Perbix, right? It's not Cole, and it's not Bogosian, and it's not Foot. So, you know, or I guess Foot got traded, but you know what I mean? Like, I guess Turnak being back, like, Turnak could be fine. But, like, after Sergeyev, it really is, I think, Perbix. So, like, there's just not a lot of great puck movers. That concerns me. By the same token, the top line, four expected goals per 60 minutes this season, 3.8 actual goals, shooting under 10%. They're generating a lot, and they're not riding hot. And they're scoring a lot, so I I really do like that top line. They're not a priority for me because I don't think it's a great power play spot. It's I think, like I said, I think it's better than it was. But you know, Philly still doesn't take a lot of penalties either. Only two point eight times shorthanded per game. Um, that's well over ten percent below the league average. Um, I just don't think that I'm, I'm super gung ho on Tampa. I think the spot is fine. The price is fine. The ownership is fine. All that is perfectly fine on them. Kind of with you, I'm not super gung-ho. And part of it is Hedman being out. And it's not him not being there for the power play. A lot of it is the five-on-five transition stuff. Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in the rest of the blue line. Feels like famous last words. I'm sure now Kutrov is going to put up a hat trick in the first period or something. Um, Just not super gung-ho on them. Honestly, I kind of like the Philly side better for the prices, (laughs) which... Feels weird to say, but none of the Tampa lines have been good defensively. The top line, below average defensively. The second line, even worse. Um, you know, Anthony Sorelli, for all the leaps and bounds and strides he's taken this year offensively, has not been good defensively, not like he typically has been. So I'm not worried about that second line matchup. Um, you know, that frost Faraby tippet line is priced like a filler. You know, you'll maybe get one guy in the top power play, you know, but their power plays are terrible anyway. Tippett's been shooting a lot lately. Um, he has 22 shots in his last five games. They've been playing reasonable minutes. That Tippett line has been has has been you know good offensively, not great, but good. I don't mind Tippett, Frost, and Faraby as a filler here tonight. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could prioritize them in one lineup. There's other things that I like better, but yeah, I kind of agree. Like 
Vasilevsky has been – I don't want to say he's been bad. He just hasn't been able to bail out this team defensively, I think is a better way to put it. So, yeah, I, I think you could take some stabs here on some flyers. I, I don't think I'd full stack him, but, yeah. A couple of these still fair, be 3,300. Move on to the next one here. Buffalo Sabres with a 2.8 total heading into New York. That sucks. The Islanders have a 3.6 total. Uh, Buffalo played last night with Craig Anderson, so it could be Uko, Pekka, Lukanen, or Eric Comrie. Um, Ilya Sorokin also probable for the Islanders. I was kind of surprised to see the Islanders have a 3.6 total. Um, I don't know. This team doesn't exactly scream offense here. Uh, Engvall up in the top line with Horvat and Lee. They're getting around 8 9% ownership, and I think that line is fine. The line that's getting more ownership here is Parisi, Nelson, Palmieri. Now, Nelson and Palmieri have been pretty good this season, but you take Anders Lee off that line, they're kind of pedestrian. Zach Parisi, at this stage of his career, he's having a very good season for him at this stage of his career, but it's not great. So, like, yeah, like that line, like Nelson, Palmieri, 12%, like, I just don't want to play 12% Islanders here. This is a very good matchup, but like these lines just don't inspire much confidence. Ah, I The one thing keeping me off Buffalo here is that it possibly be Sorokin back to back on the road. You know what I mean? But like 1% on this top line kind of interests, interests me. Yeah. I, I was honestly looking at the expected goals numbers but without Anders Lee on that line. And, like, quite frankly, they're shocking. Um, the shot attempts generation go down by a third, a full third. It Like, they go down from a little over 70 shot attempts per 60 minutes to under 50. And, it, like, we're not talking tiny samples here. We're talking, um, you know, well over 100 minutes in both samples. So... I'm kind of – I'm just out on Nelson, Parise, Palmieri. Like, if Lee was there, I would probably still play them. With Parise there, I don't think I will. Like, there's just – there's just nothing there offensively. Maybe they ha- – any line can get there on any given night. They're just not playing well. And if you want me to play an over-leveraged line that's not playing well, I'm just going to pass. The Islanders' top line is more interesting because Lee and Horvat – have been generating quite a bit, even after Matt Barzal got hurt. Um, they're at 3.2 expected goals per 60 minutes, even after the Barzal injury. Problem is, is they're shooting under 4%, and I'm not sure how much Pierre Angball is going to help that. Um, but it is a really good matchup for them. Like you said, Buffalo back-to-back on the road. Like, Craig Anderson's maybe been their best goalie this year. I know not quite, but he hasn't been horrific. Um they're probably going to play quite a few minutes. Like I think Horvat's been basically around 21 minutes a night um, of late. Um, I, you know, that line's coming in over owned, but not tremendously. Like they're going to be under 10% probably. So I think I like Horvat Lee and Angball here. Um, I'm not worried about any of the matchups on the Buffalo side. You know, first line, second line, third line doesn't matter to me. They've been generating way more than the second line. They're not that much more expensive. They're less than $1,000 more. I think it's Islanders one for me in this game and like pretty easily. Uh, on the Buffalo side, I don't think I have, I, I just have a ton of interest. Like um, 
the top line's not playing super heavy minutes. They're at about 18 and a half minutes of late um, since the tuck injury as they're spreading the ownership uh, ice time around more. So, like, you know, do you want me to pay, um, you know, 8,300 for a back-to-back Tage Thompson on the road against Elias Sorokin? Like, you can do it because the ownership is pretty fine, but I, I think this is a spot where I, I would go to find my positive leverage elsewhere. I, I'm not super keen on Buffalo here tonight, certainly not the forwards. Yeah, that makes some sense. I mean, it, basically the point I was making, if, if for some reason it's not Sorokin, then I'd have more interest. Uh, Voromov has had a very good season as well, but yeah. yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Calgary Flames with a 2.5 total heading into Minnesota. The Wild have a three total. Dan Vladar is probable. They played last night with Markstrom, who blew a lead. Surprise, surprise. Philip Gustafsson confirmed for the Wild. Here's another one where line matching is very important. Now, the Joel Erickson Eck line, I would imagine. I like I just I don't think so. Really? I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be Godreau and Felino taking shutdowns. Drone. Okay. I like basically for me, as long as the Minnesota top line is avoiding backland Kulmi Manjiapani, that's the important thing to me. I don't know. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. See, that's kind of the problem, yeah. right? Yeah. Um because yeah, you have either Joel Erickson Goudreau going out against the top comp, but then Joel that whatever line doesn't go out against the top comp is gonna get the second line, which could leave Hartman, Zuccarello, Kaprizov going out against that back on Coleman-Mangiapane line, which would be a death sentence. Yeah, see, I, like I'm just looking at one of their recent home games when the Islanders were in town, and they basically used all three lines against the Horvat-Lee line. So, I mean, I guess there's not a lot that, that can be gleaned from that. Um I, I agree with you. Like, the line matching is very important um in this game. It is anytime any team goes into Minnesota. Um, you know, just looking at a few games earlier, they did use, um, you know, the Kaprizov Hartman Zuccarello line as a shutdown line. Now, I know that they had wanted to keep Boldy away from shutdowns. So that's kind of why I think it would make sense to have that Felino line as a shutdown line. Either way, I think there is a reasonable chance the Minnesota top line runs into backland here tonight because um, the Minnesota top line typically isn't used for shutdown matchups. And if they're not used for shutdown matchups, that means they're probably not playing against Lindholm and Toffoli here tonight. And that means you're either going to run into Kadri or you're going to run into Coleman. If you run into Kadri's line, you could have a good night. You run into Coleman's line, you're probably going to have a pretty bad night. Um that's the one thing that's kind of scaring me off the Minnesota top line here is that I think they're going to end up running to that backland Coleman line. And, you know, maybe people are new to the show, but the Calgary third line of backland Coleman Mangiapane is basically the third line is the, basically the first line. Now, um, if you look at the way the ice time has been divvied up of late, backland and Mangiapane are basically one, two, one, three, depending where you look at over the last seven, eight games, something like that. Um, they're basically the top line and they've been playing extremely, extremely well. Um, their last three weeks, 4.6 expected goals for only 2.3 against that's controlling 66% of the expected goal share. They have just been on an absolute tear. 
problem is sometimes they run into bad shooting percentages. Um, that line is better than any line on the Minnesota side. And that worries me from the Minnesota perspective, especially when you're talking about a line that could come in at like 12, 13% owned or something like that. Right. That's what's really worrying me from Kaprizov, Zuccarello and Hartman. And then I look at Erickson, Egg, Boldy and Johansson. And the Minnesota Wild brought in Marcus Johansson to add some offense to the middle six. And Marcus Johansson has literally scored at a rate lower than 95% of NHL forwards over the last three years. So, like, I don't know what they expect here, but I don't I don't know how much better Johansson is than Felino offensively at this point. But it is worth noting that the second line is way, way better offensively with anybody but Marcus Felino there. So I don't really have a ton of interest in that Kappa's offline at, you know, 12% or something like that. But Erickson Eck, Boldy, Johansson at like 2%, I think they're playable. I don't mind them as kind of a fillery type here. I'm going to be honest, I'm not super excited about Minnesota. I think it's the Backlund, Coleman, Mangiapane line that I like best in this game. And 12200 on DraftKings, they're one of those filler lines that I think are playable here tonight. Um, coming in, you know, 2.4% ownership. I don't think you have to play all three. You can just do Backlund, Mangiapane or Backlund, Coleman or something, and, you know, whatever you want to do. But it is that Calgary line I actually like best in this game, considering ownership, matchup, uh, and price. Yeah, I, I do as well. The one problem that I have here is Philip Gustafsson has been out of his mind recently. Um, you know, anything can happen on one night, but I, I can easily say that that Calgary line is my favorite in this game. And also Philip Gustafsson's one of my favorite goalies tonight. Both can be true. The, you know what I mean? So we'll get to goalies later, but yeah, I, I do like that Calgary line you can get bet MGM first bet insurance up to a thousand dollars and one free month stochastic plus platinum for free all you got to do is sign up make a deposit and make your first paid wager at bet MGM most important part is click that link in the description below also if you live in Massachusetts pre-registration is live for Massachusetts it's a different offer there's no link to join um there's a link in the description for it. You get $200 in bonus bets with early signup. There's no deposit required. So if you are in Massachusetts and you want $200 in bonus bets for nothing, do that. Uh, the offer is valid, valid through uh, March 10th. The thing is, if you use that offer, you can't use the other offer of the $1,000 risk-free. You would have to deposit for that one. But the Massachusetts pre-registration is live for another two uh, for another three days, two hundred dollars in bonus bets, no deposit there. The offer with the link in the description here is the thousand dollar insurance and one month of uh, stochastic plus platinum. Um, again, that's a hundred and twenty dollar value for free. Every tool on our site for every sport. Place a ten dollar bet on literally whatever you want, and when the bet settles, MGM will shoot you an email of how to get your free subscription to Stochastic. You don't even have to win the bet. Um, basically, risk tolerance: the minimum there is ten, the maximum is a thousand. So make sure to check that out. And again, if you are in Massachusetts, you can get that two hundred dollars in bonus bets without even de even depositing. 
I remember uh, the ga- the legal age for gambling in most states is 21 plus. And if you or someone else you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to the people's main event. <laughs> St. Louis Blues with a 3.5 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a three total. Jordan Bennington is confirmed. Carol Vamelka is probable. Yakub Vrana in the lineup tonight with uh, in on the wing of Braden Shen and Kasperi Kapanen. Not sure why they're putting him there, but, you know, at least he's in the top six. He'll get top six minutes. Thomas is with Buchnevich and Kairou. Not much ownership on either side here. Uh, Arizona top line has been humming along. They're coming in at one and a half percent. I like both top lines here. I, I don't know. I was a bit surprised to see some low ownership here, but I, I really like both top lines. Yeah, buddy. Um, going to start on the St. Louis side. You know, we had been talking about lines kind of in that 17,000 price range on DraftKings, but why I didn't really wasn't super going home on playing Vegas. It's because there's two other, there's two lines in this game that I'd rather play both top lines here. Uh, Kyra Buchnevich, Thomas and Keller Schmaltz Hayden starting with the St. Louis side. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, if people look at their public data, public stats, they're not going to look very good. 2.4 expected goals for 3.2 against per 60 minutes for the St. Louis top line. The thing is, is St. Louis is a very unique team in the way that they run their offense. They will never, ever take a shot, basically, unless it's coming off a, a nice, a dangerous pass, like a high danger pass or something. Like, this is a team that will only put up, like, 22 shots in a game and, like, 17 of them are going to be scoring chances. That's just kind of the way they run their offense, which is why, you know, that line is um, scoring three and a half goals per 60 minutes and even over a bigger sample going back to last year as well. Um they're scoring a lot way outscoring their public expected goals metrics because just because of the way St. Louis plays, um, you know, Kyrou and Thomas have just generally been very good together offensively. So I'm not concerned, uh, you know, about a 13% five on five shooting percentage or whatever. And more, I think more importantly for this matchup, they're all in the top power play unit. Now St. Louis doesn't draw very many penalties, um, but Arizona takes a lot of penalties think they're the most penalized team in the league yeah they finally passed ottawa so arizona is the most penalized team in the league and over the last six weeks the penalty kill has been just as bad as it's always been last in the league by shots against per minute and like you know fifth most goals per minute against per minute or something so that st louis line is perfectly correlated 
on the power play. Um, not coming in with much ownership. They are one of those like 17K-ish lines that I do like here tonight that I think are kind of getting overlooked. Like their ownership is at 3.8% or something. I Going into Arizona, that's perfectly fine, even if St. Louis is missing some bodies because of the trades. If people want to go to the St. Louis second line, I think that's fine. The problem is, is that the way Arizona has been running their lines a little bit of late is that they've been using the Arizona top line against opposing second lines, which means St. Louis two is going to run into the Arizona top line. And like you said, they've been playing really, really well. And in fact, have been more or less dominant by expected goal share, which is not something that happens a lot in Arizona, which is why it's very notable. Um, so I think it's just a really bad matchup for St. Louis too. Like they're cheap enough where I, I don't mind like a two man of like Shen Brana or something like that, especially where Brana's is under three K. Um, I just think there's too much ownership and it's not really a tremendous matchup. Like I'd rather just go with the top line. Um, same thing on the Arizona side. Top line has been really, really good. 3.4 expected goals for 4.4 actual goals for per 60 minutes over the last three weeks. All playing eight, between 18 and 21 minutes a game. Clayton Keller's almost three shots per game over his last 10 games. They're absolutely humming. They're not really taking in um, much ownership between 1% and 2%. I, I'm with you. I like both top lines in this one. Yeah. I was a bit surprised to see muted ownership. Maybe it comes up throughout the day. But, yeah, I like both top lines here as well. Let's move on. Oh, thank God Jonas Johansson is not starting. I make this game a little bit easier to break down. Uh, San Jose Sharks with a 2.4 total heading into Colorado. The Avs have a 4.1 total. Capo Kakinen and Alexander Yorgiev are confirmed. Sharks played last night. They kind of got – they won in overtime, but they were getting their brains beat in for like 58 minutes. And then they scored a last-second goal, and then they won in overtime. I just really like the Colorado top line here. McKinnon's getting more than double the ownership of his line mates. So I don't think you need to full stack here. If you want to leave Lekkinen off, I think that's fine. But going like McKinnon, Nishushkin, like Kale McCarr or Devin Taze or something like that is perfectly fine. It's a 4.1 total here. The second line is getting more ownership than the first line. You want to full stack that first line? I think I think that's perfectly fine. I just you know, if you want to get more power play guys in, leave off Lekin and add in Ranton and leave off Lekin and add in Confer or something like that. I think it's fine. Four point one total. I I just really like the Avs here. I was concerned that um, Jonas Johansson was going to start for the Avs tonight. He got emergency called up yesterday for some reason. He's not starting. That makes it pretty easy to not prioritize any of the Sharks here. If you want to go back to, you know, Couture, Barabanov, I think that's fine. But, like, they're kind of pricey, and I'm not going to prioritize them at all. Yeah, I'm not – no, I'm going to save some time. I'm not in on San Jose. Like, they're all filler stacks at this point. And, like, the Calgary, that Mangiapane line, that back of Mangiapane line from Calgary, um, the Tippett line from Philadelphia – um, there might even be some lines in the next game I'd rather play. So uh, I'm not in on the San Jose Fords. For Colorado, one thing I'll mention is we don't actually have line combinations. Um, morning skate today, none of the beat writers had line combinations, and they split their lines last game. Um, yeah. Last game they finished with, I think it was McKinnon, Ranton, and Nieto. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, McKinnon and Ranton had played the entire third period together. Yeah. So – 
there's no guarantee on what the lines are going to be here, but I don't think it matters like a whole lot. Like there are only a handful of fours you're playing from Colorado anyway. So, you know, whether you want to play the first line or the second line, like I would probably just stick to uh, like a, a McKinnon, Natushkin X. So Lekkanen, Rantanen, Comfort, something like that. Um, McKinnon, Natushkin, and then whoever you want to put as your third guy. Um, that Colorado top line really hasn't been generating a lot. 2.4 expected goals, but 4.7 actual goals as they're shooting 15%. A big problem is Lekkanen. He's at a career low shot rate this year, and it's by a lot. Like his shots per 60 minutes are almost two full shots less than his prior career low. I don't know what's going on with Lekkanen. Could be. Um, so I agree with you. I think he's a guy you can leave off and just go, like I said, McKinnon Nichushkin, ranting him, McKinnon Nichushkin Comfer, something like that. Uh, you know, if you are super concerned about ownership and it or lineups and it is a late game you just focus on the on the power play guys um and then you just don't worry about it especially where you know san jose's penalty kill has been on a little bit of a slide of late but with reasonable ownership here i think it's mckinnon and shushkin like i i would play the expensive guys here i wouldn't try to uh skimp out i would play the expensive guys for you know the power play matchup which i think is better than it has been um at times this year for san jose and just to get lower ownership, I, I think Colorado is probably going to get a little bit overlooked here tonight. Yeah, and they have a four point one total. Uh, this is a team playing a team back to back on the road. I really like Colorado here tonight. Let's get to the last game of the night that starts later than any other game tonight. Anaheim Ducks with a two point five total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a three point nine total. My God, uh, John Gibson probable. Philip Grubauer confirmed. I'm seeing massive ownership here on Seattle. I just like I I just don't know. I never know which line to go to here. I would default to maybe Beniers, McKinnon, Eberle. They're not getting a ton of ownership. Bjork for some reason Wenberg shorts Bjorkstrand is. I think that's going to be flipped. I think Beniers, McKinnon, Eberle come in with the most ownership. I just like. I just have a hard time full stacking Seattle. They have three playable lines. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, going Beneers, Everlay is fine. One offing McCann's fine. One offing Yorkstrand's fine. Gord Tolvanen's fine. Like, there's just so many options that it's hard to pinpoint. And then on the flip side, like, like Grubauer's kind of been good recently, but like Seattle goaltending still kind of bad i don't mind going to some zegras terry here um yeah but zegras terry different lines like that's yeah yeah, yeah, they've started on different lines and finished the games and then come back together i like i i i understand i get what you're saying i I, like i was gonna say i've kind of have interest in zegras and strom yeah like for the problems that zegras and strom have had defensively and Let's get this clear. The top two lines for Anaheim are just horror shows defensively. Matchups don't matter because they're both god-awful. But at least Stroman Zegers have been able to generate some offense. Like, league average by expected goals for is a miracle on this Anaheim team. So, we'll take it. And 3.3 actual goals for shooting 10.5%. Like, a Zegers line shooting 10.5% doesn't scream regression to me. Like, maybe there will be is Anaheim. There's always regression in Anaheim with the way this team plays. 
but they're at least generating something and they're not coming in with much ownership. Seattle penalty kills, not great. Like they're really just riding their goaltending, which is feels weird to say for a Seattle team. Um, but Zegers and Strom not coming in with much ownership. I think they're, it makes kind of like a nice fillery type two man stack. I don't think you have to play Brock McGinn, but you can, but I would leave him off. Um, on the Seattle side, Oh God, I like, I'm with you. Like there are three playable lines and it's like, do you just fade Seattle hoping maybe it ends up like a four, one game and, and all the goals are spread out and you know, nobody really gets there. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the best you can hope for. Play Gibson and just light your hair on fire. Right. Like I, I, I think given the ownership, like it stands to reason 40% of lineups are going to have some sort of Seattle stack depending on your contest. I think, it's pretty reasonable to fade them because like you said, they do tend to have spread out scoring, spread out ice time, spread out uh, power play units, you know, they're awful by the way, their power plays suck. Right. Maybe, you know, this is Anaheim. Any team can absolutely just lay waste to them and put up seven goals. But you know, John Gibson has a pretty good game and they only get a few goals. You could see easily see spread out goal, goal scoring here from Seattle's. If I were to play anything on the Seattle side, it, I actually think it would be the Wenberg line, just the way that they have been playing lately. Like since Bjorkstrand got there, 3.3 expected goals for 1.9 against. And Bjorkstrand has 16 shots in his last five games. Yeah, I think Wenberg is a really good center to complement Bjorkstrand's play style. Right. Now, there's a ton of ownership on them. That's kind of the only problem. But I, you know, I think at least. A one-off Bjorkstrand makes sense, or a one-off Schwartz makes sense. I don't think you have to full stack him. So I think that's where I am here. It's probably focusing on the Wenberg line somehow, whether it's full stacking or one-offs. On the Anaheim side, it's it's Zegers and Strom. You want to throw in Terry, I think that's fine. But Zegers and Strom, I think, makes a decent two-man. Yeah, and like if you're if you're newish to hockey, like we've had a bunch of questions about natural stat trick in our Discord. Just throw the Ducks' defensive numbers out the window. Like they're all bad. Maybe they're gonna improve now that they traded Klingberg. But like I think we saw that with Chicago, man. Like I'm pretty sure the Chicago Blackhawks improved their team defense by like 15% by just trading Jack Johnson. Yeah. Anaheim might have the same thing happen to them by just trading John Klingberg. Like it's just the way it is and how bad they are defensively. Yeah, Klingberg was one of those guys who's reliant on cycling. This Ducks team doesn't cycle. <laughs> but anyway, you have to get 20 seconds of zone time to cycle yeah, is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Which never happens in Anaheim. Um, yeah, that's 10 games here. Coming up after us at 4 o'clock, the Odd Shop on the Odd Shopper channel, the going over the best bets of the night with the premium uh, Odd Shoppers tool that is today is with Lafayette and Ben. Maybe they'll talk about the world being invaded by ants or something weird like that. Like they always talk about uh, that is four o'clock on the odd shopper channel. Let's talk a little bit about some goalies and defensemen. Who are you liking on the blue line tonight? Well, I'll start with goalies. The three that stood out to me immediately were Gustafson, Allen and Hill Gustafson in Minnesota, Jake Allen for Montreal and Aiden Hill in Vegas. I mean, Gustafson's facing Calgary Calgary's back-to-back on the road. Gustafson's had a good season in Calgary so team that generates a lot of shot attempts, but not a lot of quality, the kind of like Carolina in that sense. So don't mind Gustafson. Hill, for the same reason, facing the Panthers. Panthers take a ton of shots. He could let in six goals, and that would really suck. But, you know, he could have a pretty good fantasy performance if he doesn't. 
Jake Allen, same thing. He, he's the same reason for playing Gustafson, just in a tremendous, you know, a much worse matchup um, playing for Montreal than playing for Minnesota. I also don't mind Ilya Samsonov uh, for Toronto uh, going up against New Jersey. Um, on the blue line, three expensive defensemen stick out to me. Kale McCarr, obviously, at home um, with Colorado. Brent Burns with Carolina. Um, Montreal just gives up a lot of shots and he loves to shoot. It's pretty straightforward. Alex Petrangelo is the interesting one to me because he's kind of like Jacob Truba on steroids in that, you know, shots and shot blocks are where he kind of makes hay. Um, And Florida is a very high paced team. So he could see a lot of shots and shot blocks. He's kind of expensive. It won't project well, but I just think it is a pretty good matchup for him for his style of play. Um, the mid-price range, there are a few guys I like, like Mikhail Sergachev, obviously running the top PP for Tampa. I think Jeff Petrie makes a nice pivot away from Chris Letang. Like, Petrie's just been straight up playing more than Letang lately anyway. Um, so why not play him? Um, Justin Falk in that matchup against Arizona. I know he's on PP too, but he's a guy that loves to shoot. So I don't mind that against a bad defensive team. Shane Goss bear, Carolina, if you don't want to play Brent Burns. Now, the cheap guys. Uh, Matt Benning, once again, uh, guy played Matt Benning. Um, Henry Yokoharu, as long as Samuelson's still out for Buffalo, he like Yokoharu played like 23 minutes last night. Sub 3k, I'll take that. Uh, John Marino, sub 3k as well. So, those are the three guys I like under 3k here tonight. I think my favorite cheap ish defenseman is Eric Branson. <laughs> like the guy, he's he's just like, like a step above Matt Benning, you know what I mean? Um, so him, uh, Adam Pellick. Braden McNabb um, and uh, Perbix from Tampa Bay. Those are the cheap defense that I like here tonight. Yeah, I'm trying to look through some other cheap ones like Carson Susie, min price still on the second pair of Schultz. I don't mind that. Um, Mario Ferraro, a bit pricier than I wanted at 3100 but I still think he's fine. That's really about it. And then with goalies, I'm just going to add on like I don't mind Gibson here at seventy one hundred. It's you know he's gonna see the volume that he always does. It's just a matter of whether he lets in three or seven. If it is Eric Comrie, he is min price against the Islanders. I think I don't think I think it's gonna be Uka Pekalukinen, but that's something to keep in mind. Like the spend up options aren't great, you know what I mean? Like Philip Gustafson at seventy nine hundred about where I'd go. Like I guess Yari at eighty two hundred's okay. Vasilevsky eighty one hundred okay. Elias Sorokin would be something I'd be interested in at eight k. Like it's hard for me to go above Gustafson at seventy nine hundred tonight. That's just kind of my thing. Like I don't mind Sorokin, but I'd rather play Gustafson and he's slightly cheaper anyway. So yeah. Who you like him for your hat trick pick? Oh, we like those desert dogs you see here tonight. I'm going with Clayton Keller. <laughs> Actually, on the flip side, I was looking for something spicy. It's just there's just nothing really spicy that you can go with tonight. I'm going Jordan Cairo. Oh, I like it. Hopefully, we get some goals in that game because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have one of those top lines in my lineup. I feel like this is one of those nights Bennington's going to let in two early ones and just like lose his mind and like try to fight someone. So, could be. I mean, He's certainly done it before. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see him do it again. Yeah. So we will be back on Thursday, I believe. Tomorrow's a short slate. We'll be back on Thursday. There he is, the man, 
Leave a like. Yeah, leave a like. Listen to the kid. And subscribe and share. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, do all that. Yeah. He's better at ad reads than I am. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday. We'll see you in Discord tonight. We'll see you on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.